This podcast from Teacher is supported by Bank First. Bank First is a customer-owned bank committed to supporting the financial well-being of the education community since 1972. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of School Improvement from Teacher Magazine. I'm Dominique Russell. In today's episode, I'm joined by Principal Elizabeth Humphreys and Assistant Principal Nicole Wilson from East Derwent Primary School in Tasmania. Since 2018, they've been on a journey of school improvement, which has seen significant progress in student engagement and achievement, as well as staff retention and teacher welfare. We'll discuss the steps they've taken which have resulted in suspensions at the school decreasing by 75% and fewer staff members leaving the school. A big part of this journey has been the school's involvement in a Tasmanian Department of Education initiative called Refocus Teaching and Learning, which will be explained in much more detail later on in the episode. So let's jump in and hear how this journey of school improvement has unfolded. First, we'll hear from Elizabeth, and then you'll hear Nicole speak about some of the feedback they've received from staff. Um, Well, East Derwent, it's an urban primary school, and it's located just on the outskirts of Hobart. Uh, There's a high proportion of social housing in the area, and 87% of our families are within the bottom income quartile. So many students begin their education with us facing significant challenges. It's also classified as a difficult to staff school. And in fact, for most of the teaching staff, um, this is their very first teaching appointment. So it can be quite daunting to start a career given the complexities of the school. Um, so mentoring, collegial support and po- uh, a positive school culture are really key in helping them finding their feet. But over the past two and a half years, we've actually grown a fabulous team who are united in a strength-based approach which taps into the potential of every single child to succeed, regardless of the starting point. And there's such a good team, they will accept nothing less. So our commitment to student success is very much, it's a team effort, and we've really seen some exciting change. We also recently asked our staff for some feedback to capture their own thoughts because this is a team effort. It's not just Liz and I, it's definitely all of us. So um, we just asked them for some feedback in their own words. So I'll just give you some of those um, quotes if you like. So some of our teachers have said, I'm so proud to work at East Derwent Primary. We work in a low socioeconomic community, but this is by no means a negative. Our staff is the thing that makes us unique. We're absolute go-getters, we're passionate and we truly believe our students can achieve. Um, Another teacher has commented that we're a community of families, learners and staff. We believe in positive engagement, personalised pedagogy and learning experiences for every student every day. East Derwent is a unique school in its ability to support children to feel strong, grounded and safe in an environment of learning. Another comment, staff support each other and have an ability to look for the positives. And we've also got another comment saying that our school positively accommodates the complex needs of all students with a staff who are collaborative, immensely adaptive and proactive in order to create a learning space that is inclusive and coherently for the students. So we've got lots of really great feedback from our staff and that was actually a really nice process for us to go through Mm. when we knew we were doing this podcast to ask our staff because we felt it 
but we hadn't actually explicitly asked them. So that was really affirming as well. Obviously, the school has implemented some significant positive changes to improving student learning over the past few years. So before we do look at the specifics of that, can you give me kind of a broad overview of this journey? How did it begin and what were you looking to address? Um, Well, actually, it's quite challenging to share the difficulties that we were facing in 2018. Um, Essentially, the focus of every day was safety and behaviour. Uh, I think it's probably fair to say that staff were exhausted from managing the day-to-day grind of high-level behaviour and staff usually transferred from the school as soon as they were eligible to do so. So there was a lot of churn and a lot of turnover. But, uh, and that was reflected at the beginning of 2018 and we had a staff change of approximately a third of staff to the school and that included a, a brand new leadership team. So the staff and the students were really struggling to experience success and it became clear that like the culture, the expectations and pedagogy needed a significant shift. It was always going to be challenging, uh, but with a new team, we also felt we had a really good opportunity to shift culture. So we needed to firstly instill the confidence in the whole school community that we could do this if we worked together. So our sense of team is really fundamental to everything that that we do. Uh, We needed for classrooms to be student-centred and responsive to needs. So we tightened behaviour and support systems using positive behaviour support and restorative justice. We drew a line in the sand around violence because the school needed to be a safe place for everyone and safety was absolutely not negotiable. And we then focused on addressing the needs of teachers by building their own knowledge and skills of inquiry cycles, differentiation and effective pedagogy. So our vision was really, it was a a whole school commitment to student success. So when students experience success, their engagement and sense of belonging grows and that in turn instantly decreased behavioural issues, including suspensions. We now expect really high standards from our students in behaviour and achievement, and that's underpinned by the belief that they are capable and they are competent. Our core business now, it's learning. Our cohort hasn't changed, but our expectations and management certainly have. Our support staff and teacher assistants have also been really integral in this um, in the movement to ensure that every learner's needs are met in a targeted way. So you mentioned just there that team was really important to building this new culture. So can you tell me a bit about how the staff and the students and the wider school community were involved in building this change? I think... Um... It was really important to include the team. We obviously couldn't make these changes without having teacher and staff buy-in, so we had to include them. They could see the need for the change That's what I was going to say. I think think everybody wanted to change, um, but just really weren't sure what steps needed to um, be taken to get there. Mm -hmm. So... um, and that, that certainly hasn't, hasn't been easy. Um, and the first year in particular, in 2018, that was really quite challenging whilst we changed culture. So we just really had to be strong and hold the line around the really key issue um, of behaviour and student support. Um, and then once we'd really re-established um, the new systems and processes, that was really clearly communicated. Uh, I guess, you know, um, Zabar would refer to that as the preconditions for learning. Then we moved on to to building that capacity of staff. And 
um, it actually freed them up to be able to take on board the um, the upskilling. Um, before that, they were just they were too exhausted. At the end of every day, you couldn't really work through, um, you know, intensive professional learning with them because they they'd had enough. They were spent force. And I think as well, without those preconditions, trying to deliver professional learning was just not effective because they couldn't see a purpose. There was no room for that teaching or that learning. It was all just the priority was on behaviour and safety basically. Definitely. And so a huge part of this, of course, is the Refocus Teaching and Learning Program, which comes from the Tasmanian Department of Education. So for those listeners who aren't so familiar with this program, can you describe what it is and why it was such a good fit for your school? Yeah, it was really timely, actually. So um, the purpose of the Refocus Teaching and Learning Initiative in Tasmania is to strengthen early years pedagogical practice. So it's building consistency in the early years pedagogical understanding system-wide and supporting the successful implementation of two elements of the um, Tasmanian Education Act. So in 2017, there was a pilot group of 13 schools that were selected to um, commence their work in the RTL, or Refocus Teaching and Learning. Um, And then following that, in 2018, which is when we had this huge big turnover of staff, new leadership team, we were selected to participate. So... We were one of 37 schools and six child and family centres in the state in the second phase of the initiative. Um, The RTL is based on an early years pedagogical model. So it's around children or based around children um, from birth to grade two. And some key teaching practices include considering our work through lenses of relationships, plain inquiry, learning environments and listening and documentation. So there's a model around that. And then also central to that is an understanding that we work with capable, competent learners. So we had to spend a lot of time building that vision and understanding that we are working with capable, competent learners, regardless of our context. And despite a lot of um, yeah disadvantage in this area, they are capable, competent learners. We plan, teach and assess with intentionality And all of this is done through collaborative learning communities of research, action and reflection. So all of those things just tied in so well with what we wanted, our vision for our school at that point. Um, So in 2018, our early years team invested a really significant amount of time into this approach. We had to challenge our existing beliefs and understandings and there were some tough moments along the way, absolutely. It wasn't a smooth sailing ride through. Um, And just like a classroom, there was a range, we have a range of staff. So some of them, you know, jumped in, no dramas, it was an easy transition. But then for others, it took a lot longer and it took a lot of courage for them to trust the process and believe in it and see the the impact for themselves. So being an early years initiative, um, we began in the K to two or the Lil to two space, but then we knew we had to build on that and it had to go right through to grade six. So even though it is best practice in the early years, there is so much that is applicable to our primary context. Um, So then we had to move and shift our focus into finding ways that our primary colleagues could make connections with this pedagogy in their context in a developmentally appropriate way. So it was one of those moments where once you see it, you can't unsee it. We couldn't go back 
to what we had and we knew we had to keep pushing it through the whole school. So it was really timely that um, we were on board with that. And so you spoke just there briefly about staff seeing the impact of the program. So obviously the program is focusing on play and inquiry, particularly in the early years, even though you have extended that. So can you talk a little bit about um, the effect that it's actually having on student learning and that impact? Yeah, so one of the ways that we shared our work, we were very lucky, well not lucky, I shouldn't say lucky, we worked hard to um, get our, or have our work shared um, through sharing at a statewide professional learning day, an early years day. We have one a year here in Tasmania and so we presented our work um, there and we were also fortunate to have a video of our practice, a snapshot of practice around oral language and documentation. So that was a way that we shared um, our work statewide but also within our school it was a nice way to sort of showcase our work to our primary teachers as well. Um, so the plain inquiry approach has been really successful, I think, because it's a constructivist approach. So it's reflected as best practice in line with our department's strategic plan. We're finding that um, there's a strong focus on student engagement, which is where you know we saw a need at our school. It's learner-centred, differentiated. It meets students at their point of need. So for us, it just was a perfect fit. We've got a range of needs, as every school does, um, so it was no surprise that this way of thinking, teaching and learning was successful here. Um, and then in terms of it impacting student learning, we're actually currently working with ASA. So we're working alongside um, Dr Amy Berry to develop some rubrics to measure our progress, I suppose, um, developmental rubrics that are going to measure learning and success in our context. So we found that um, the data that we've been collecting isn't reflecting the growth and the change that we're seeing mm. here on the ground. It's not the right fit. The, the assessment is not matching the work that we're doing. No, we, we, have, um, we ha certainly have evidence of student growth and documentation that mm. reflects student growth. But when we um, get, get through the, the standardised testing it's not actually showing that students have gone up to that very next level and that, that's sort of been a little bit of a frustration for us I guess because um, we have that evidence of growth we have that evidence of uh, that it's working uh, not just within the culture but also hard evidence of learning but we just really need some different tools that reflect um, the progress that we see. You're listening to a podcast from Teacher Magazine, supported by Bank First. Bank First is proud to be the bank that supports your purpose. They've been financially empowering educators to realise their dreams since 1972 and understand that your passion, dedication and expertise make a real difference to people's lives. Visit bankfirst.com.au to find out how they can help you reach your financial goals. So this year we've, we've established collaborative grade teams. So our teachers are working in inquiry as well as our students. So we've sort of got two levels of inquiry operating in our school um, and we've called them commitment to learning groups. So we've prioritised this as one of our key drivers 
towards our whole school teaching and learning approach and our whole school vision. So every week we've timetabled in blocks of time for teachers and school leaders to work in a focused and targeted way on their inquiry. Um, and this cycle is guided by DeFore's four critical PLC questions. So we work around a four to five week inquiry cycle and respond to what we want our students to know and do, how will we know if they've learnt it, how will we respond if they don't, if students don't learn, and then how we'll extend students who already are proficient in those areas. So that's the way that our teachers are working within an inquiry cycle. Um, in the classroom, an example that I found really powerful was our kinder um, teachers are working on an inquiry around letters and sounds. So it's always been a little bit controversial in that the early years framework doesn't specifically say that our students need to learn their letter sounds before prep. However, it is an um, awareness of symbols and that they carry a meaning and message. So their inquiry was around letters and sounds and they wanted that reflected through a plain inquiry approach. So They've immersed their students in oral language experiences, hands-on learning, documented their understandings and assessed them before they delivered this teaching approach and then afterwards. And they found that prior to this approach, 62% of students were unable to recognise a letter as a symbol or identify its name or sound. But afterwards, 85% of students were able to identify the letter with either its name, its sound or recognise it as a symbol that carries a message. So that is having a huge impact on teaching and learning through a plain inquiry approach. So walking through our classrooms, our kinders are exploring growth and working in our school garden and building their understanding of the letter G. So they're making connections with letter sounds, hands-on, inquiry-based and play-based learning. At the moment, if you walked into prep, we've got roller coasters that the students have constructed set up on the tables because they're learning about the way things move and they're intrigued by gravity. So the teacher saw, you know, some interest and captured that and went with that. Um, our grade one, two students are investigating place and why we shouldn't walk on Uluru. So there's some Indigenous connections and all of this is through literacy, numeracy, inquiry, all of these cross-curricular um, areas. We've got reluctant readers in our grade three, four that have found engagement and enjoyment in a reader's theatre approach. And we've actually just shared that um, with our department that's being celebrated statewide as some excellent practice in literacy. Our five, six students are inquiring into waste in our oceans. So all of these inquiries are taking many different directions and shapes and building on key curriculum areas. And in particular, our school's priority of every student being successful in reading and oral language. So it's really exciting. Before, when you walked through classrooms, you certainly wouldn't have seen any of that happening. And the students are just so engaged because their teachers are listening and responding to their interests and needs. So it's really targeted. The other exciting thing that we're doing is sharing our work. So previously, I suppose, our grade teams would operate within their own sectors there wasn't a lot of sharing. They'd share within the grade teams, but not necessarily across the school. We're now um, scheduling that into our professional learning time. So after each inquiry cycle, our teams share their findings, their recommendations, their experiences, and that's sort of building that whole school approach. So we're actually working on the ground to, I guess, test out what works, what doesn't work, what's having an impact, and then creating our pedagogy around that. So... They're all part of the process and it's a really valuable way of teaching and learning. 
In our um, school strategic plan, we name up that um, our teachers are researchers, so and that sort of really underpins the, the philosophy and approach that we take within the collaborative planning teams. So we've spoken a little bit about how this change in student learning has had a real impact on their behaviour. So how significant has that been? It's had a huge impact indeed. So our system data shows that... Um, Across the school, our suspensions have decreased by 75% between 2017 and 2020. Um, and we also have a school database where behaviours that are needing support from senior staff are recorded. Um, in 2018, our senior staff team uh, processed over 2,000 of those behaviour issues. Um, and halfway through this year, we, we had only 400, which is you know, on track for an 80% decrease. So physical aggression is now a rarity. <laughs> Students get back on track quickly because they're engaged, I think, and um, because they actually really want to be at school and they want to be in classrooms because they're experiencing success. Uh, walking through our classrooms today, you can see students who are happily engaged in hands-on learning, building their own understandings through play and inquiry, making connections across the curriculum, um, all in a collaborative way. It's a much calmer, focused um, school. And, and people have noticed that even just through walking through the door. There was a time where our senior staff couldn't even meet together during the day. No, not during school time. We'd have to do it before or after school because it was all hands on deck. Mm. Yeah. And now we're able to um, work more intentionally uh, and more strategically as a group. And I think that has also helped with the team approach. So again, we asked our staff because we could guess what they're thinking, but we didn't want to put words into their mouths. And we really valued, obviously, their opinions and views and what their thinking is. So we asked our staff to share their thoughts and we felt really proud and inspired by our, by our team when we read these. Um, so I'll just read through what they've commented. So the shift is immense. We've moved from a behaviour focus to a school that works incredibly hard to engage and support all learners. They feel a part of something special as a learner at East Derwent. Another teacher has written, the change in learning is absolutely dramatic. I'm extremely proud to be a staff member and part of the team at EDPS. Learning is number one at our school when behaviour management may have been number one before. There's a genuine love and want to help students succeed. Another teacher has commented, it's great. I actually love coming to work. I wouldn't be here now if it had stayed the same. The new normal is students on task and engaged rather than on the roof. That's a story for another day. <laughs> um, it's inspiring and exciting to be a part of. The focus on student achievement through our high standards is showing such amazing growth. Behaviour of students is not a barrier to learning anymore. We are teaching a cohort of capable and competent learners. So you can hear that message coming through our staff that they truly believe and have that positive sense that our learners can and will achieve success. Um, it's been wonderful seeing a shift from behaviour to learning. The shift in engagement, curiosity and wonder has been incredible to witness. I'm so proud to be a part of this leadership and determination to enable all students to thrive at school. The staff at East Derwent are embracing the shift in learning environments as we can see substantial benefits in participation and enthusiasm among the students. Um, I'm blown away by the staff, the students and the highest expectations set by all. 
and the transformation in the short time I've been here, the direction and focus on education for every student has shifted away from behaviour and safety to learning, collecting evidence and progress towards success. So reading that was just so affirming that, you know, what we believe is what mm. our staff believe and it's, yeah, it's just that shared vision, I think. And just, just the energising factor that, it, that it's had, you know, mm. we, we've gone from... Um, you know, tired staff who just felt surviving the day was, you know, as much as they could hope for to having that really strong sense of purpose across the school and a sense of pride in, in what they've achieved. Mm. Today we were actually in a position where our teaching staff, including those who are eligible for transfers, have committed to actually continue the work in 2021. Uh, they decided to stay, which is, you know, really quite groundbreaking um, <laughs> for us in our school um, and we really feel confident that we're in on the right path uh, but we see it as a long-term commitment and we feel like um, you know we've had great success but we're still just tip, dipping our toes in the water and the best is still yet to come uh, and so working with ASA to develop the quality assessment tools which capture the success of our students is, is the next stage um, and I think that's that's really exciting work for, for everyone at East Derwin. Um, and, you know, that, that commitment to learning is, um, I think, probably a key message that we found because um, if you're only just focusing on behaviour and, you know, systems and processes around behaviour without that side-by-side um, -side focus on uh, pedagogy, effective pedagogy, student engagement and success, then we probably wouldn't have wouldn't have achieved the success that, that we've achieved, um, you know, in the last few years. So we actually feel like we're in a really good place to keep on going. That's all for this episode. To stay up to date with our School Improvement series, be sure to subscribe to our podcast channel on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or SoundCloud so you can be notified of any new episodes. That way, you can also access our other series like Behaviour Management, The Research Files, Teaching Methods and Teacher Staff Room. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate or review the podcast in your podcast app. You've been listening to a podcast from Teacher, supported by Bank First. Bank First is proud to be the bank that exists to serve the education community. Visit bankfirst.com.au to find out how they can help you reach your financial goals.